punk ready to get extreme no no well i'm ready to get extreme (laughs) (laughs) you're listening to the run it is the run this is the run Hi and hello. How you doing? This is The Run, a comic book podcast about comic book runs, be it characters, creators, or sagas. Today, we are doing a special one-shot issue, if you will. A palate cleanser, a brief respite before we go into the next run that we decide to talk about. It is Rob Liefeld's 1992 Youngblood. He's relaunched Youngblood many freaking times. 95, 98... 2002, 2003, 2008, 2015. It just keeps happening. Does he just retell the story each no, time? Okay. No, because there really isn't any story. Uh, with, me, <laughs> with me, as always, Jonathan Kovacs. <laughs> and Christopher Boyce. How, How are you doing? We all know about Youngblood. We were there for Image. Image Comics, which was founded in late 91, early 92, where prominent Marvel artists Jim Lee, Jim Valentino, Tom McFarlane, Mark Silvestri, Eric Larson, and of course, Rob Liefeld. I think Will's Porte show, but he came like a month afterwards. Anyway, they went off to form Image Comics because they did not like the way Marvel treated uh, character creation and royalties and whatnot. And they also couldn't draw what they wanted to draw to an extent. So those guys formed image and Rob Liefeld was the first out to gate with his team called young blood. Do you guys, first off, did you guys know anything about the history of this book or Rob Liefeld coming up to this before reading it? Uh, what do you mean? How the idea was formed? Uh, no, Chris, I know it was, it started with a conversation. I think it was, I think it was Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane, and they were talking to the publisher of Malibu. They're like, would you ever publish us? And he's like, yeah, sure. And they're like, okay, great, because we're serious. And Blayfold, he's the one who like, brought this up with the Malibu publisher. And from there, it's just been history ever since, from what I understand. Right. Well, Youngblood, he had the idea of Youngblood since the mid-'80s. He had them under a very different look in a uh, Comico the publisher Comico, one of their books, he had a backup story in there. He went on to draw for DC, Hawk and Dove, which I'm going to say right now, we're not trying to shit on Rob. I think he's actually a really cool guy. If you follow him on Twitter, he's super positive and he knows a lot about comic books. He's not just some brain dead moron. He actually loves the industry and has a passion for it. It's just, as we'll get into, his work ethic seems to be a little spotty. That's he, putting it mildly, but yes. Yeah, he... He self-taught himself to draw. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll so, give him props for that. Well, technically, a lot of artists self-teach them, teach themselves how to draw. Yeah, but I mean, some of them go to school or they read books. Well, you start off yeah, teaching but, yourself how to draw. Exactly, but you don't really get any training after that. He may have gotten training, but from what I've seen and what I've told, everyone said he just self-taught himself. He didn't learn anatomy, which is <laughs> well, that's yeah, which too. is kind of prevalent. And he worked on a miniseries called Hawk and Dove and... Uh, the ladies for DC with Barbara and Carl Kessel. One neat thing he did was in issue five out of the six issue limited series, they went into something called the chaos dimension. So Rob decided to gimmick the pages instead of doing this usual vertical look, everything was horizontal because they were in that dimension. So it was a meta type of dealy and everything okay. was messed up. But the editor didn't like this at the time. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't have the editor here, but Carl Kessel himself had to re-doctor every single page to get it to look right. And they mentioned in the letter page something to the effect of like, our artist had some pretty interesting ideas with this book. And Rob later admitted that, yeah, I drew this whole thing horizontally. And he was also kind of ragged on by Kessel in later interviews where he said, besides that, he kept forgetting to draw hands and feet. 
I can see that very evidently yeah. in some of the stuff. So Rob goes on to get hired by Marvel and takes over for New Mutants in issue 86, which after issue 100 becomes X-Force. He created Cable, Deadpool, Feral, Shatterstar, Domino, Gideon, Kane. He created a lot of stuff for the X-Men at that time. And, I mean, we all know Strife. Cable and... Yeah, Strife. Mutant, Liber- Mutant Liberation Front. Yeah, he's, he's done a lot, but... He was also on that book, book with, and I hope to God I pronounce this right, Fabian Nicenza. Nicenza. Mm-hmm. Rob got full creative control of that book by issue 98 when Deadpool's first appearance. So he would plot out the book and draw it, and Fabian would just write the words. Whatever Rob wanted in there, he would just put the dialogue in there. So that went on for a while, and then the image, and then those all those artists we mentioned earlier went off to form Image because they didn't like Marvel Editorial and what they did with the royalties. And here we are, the first team book. Now, guys, have you read any Youngblood before this? No. No? No? Not even scanned through it? I have an autographed number one. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, but I have many other comic creators. I need to get Rob to sign it, hopefully. Oh, you actually, he's the only one you didn't get on that. He wasn't there at the conventions I ever went to. Um, I got Bendis to sign it. I got Ramita Jr. to sign it. I I got some big names on there, but Eric Larson even signed it and... Thought it was pretty funny, but I turned it into my autograph book. So Youngblood, the idea of Youngblood was, what if it was a superhero team, but they were also celebrities? Great idea, right? Yes. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Have you ever seen that in another book before? Um, Ironically enough, X-Force. The uh, Peter Milligan uh, did it. Yeah. And Mike Alvin. He did that right. I never read that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's actually really good. Yeah. Then it became ecstatic. Yes. X-Force slash ecstatics. Did you guys know these guys were celebrities when you read this book? (laughs) No. Sort of, but no. Um, The only impression I ever got was when, like, there's an altercation at a mall where Shaft kills an assassin with a pen and the cameras are there and everyone's like, it's it's Shaft. And, you know, people obviously know who it is, but I didn't get the impression that they were famous, per se, until, like, issue seven. Yeah. Because Bad Rock slash bedrock went on a david letterman type show they also offhandedly mentioned action figure sales which was actually number, a good idea. it was number nine my fault it's okay see i didn't so much think yeah. they know they were celebrities as much as that they, they were a different version of x-force yes and well this was also rob's unused idea for teen titans in 91 oh, okay so all this um, stuff you see was supposed to be his rejected version of teen titans and so i thought that they were just that they were a publicly known like the strike team yeah. yeah exactly and yeah. that because again some of the stuff that happens in my opinion would happen in avengers book that captain america or hawkeye or thor would go on a talk show or whatever yes these guys were supposed to be celebrities you would never guess that aside from the the letterman appearance and there is an issue the best issue out of these 11 there's there's issues zero through ten the best issue is not even done by Rob Liefeld. He also had a scripter, Eric Stevenson. I, was, I forgot to write that, but mostly this was Rob's baby. Eric just put in the words. Jim Valentino, who did Guardians of the Galaxy, and he left with all these other artists, they had a crossover month gimmick where all the image creators for one month would switch books. Eric Larson was on Wildcast. Jim Lee was on Savage Dragon. Mark Silvestri was on Spawn. Todd was on Cyberforce. Jim Valentino was on Youngblood here, issue number nine, the second to last issue. Probably the best issue. I'm not lying when I say this. I actually enjoyed yeah. this one. This is the one where Bad Rock goes to Hollywood. Actually, yes. I hated that one. Really? Why did you hate that? Because I didn't want the celebrity part of it. Okay. I wanted, I, I I wanted the – I. it's probably because, like I said, I was confused. I wanted the task force part of it. I didn't want celebrity. Okay, junk. I can I can get behind that if you didn't want that. But that was what the premise of the book was. <laughs> okay, I understand that now. <laughs> Chris, did you like that issue? I really liked that issue a lot because I think this issue came out. I think it said ninety four, ninety five is when it was published, and it deals with Bad Rock, and he's just like, I'm gonna be famous. They're gonna you know take my royalties and my rights and turn it into this awesome show, and it ends up being this super shitty cartoon. Like Much like cartoon. the Savage Dragon cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like the Savage Dragon cartoon. It sucked ass. Yeah. And there was plans for a Youngblood cartoon that never got made. And it just, I think it really, on YouTube. Yeah, was, and yeah. I think it really... It, it was a great analogy for how I think the image creators felt about their properties being adapted into other stuff. So yes. I really like that. Yeah, Valentino was definitely sneaking stuff in there. as meta-commentary. Had a... Cameo by the Max, which I really appreciated. And Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. And yeah. I think Wolverine. 
Yeah. The, the reason that issue was good was not only that it dealt with the premise of superhero being a celebrity. Bad Rock is also like a 16-year-old boy, but he's a big, giant stone man yeah. that dwarfs everyone. He's like 10 feet tall, essentially, and five feet wide. It's just this gullible kid getting raked over the coals for Hollywood, which is, like you said, an analogy for the comic book industry as well. There was also an issue of Spawn that kind of dealt with that, written by Dave Sim, but that's neither here nor there. The, the plot, the ending was amusing, but yeah. like I said, for me, I just didn't. This had a beginning, middle, and end. Can you guys, reading Youngblood, tell me what the hell the story was? No, um, not at all. <laughs> so, this book starts off great, in my opinion. You know, it has the president, and there's an invasion going into Kuwait. It's mirroring Desert Storm, Desert Shield, with, oh god, what's the dictator's name? Not Hassan Saddam Hussein. Hussein. Not Saddam Hassan Hussein. Hussein. But they mentioned Hitler, so I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um, with the prophet stuff. So, yeah, it, it starts off just like almost like the Ultimates, you know, this that paramilitary superhero strike force. And despite being super 90s with the art style, I really like the direction that they were going. And then you go to the next issue and you're like, what, where, where, where did the plot point go? I felt like I was missing pages. It starts, it ends yeah. with Die Hard doing this battle and then it ends and then the next, next issue is completely different and then the next issue after that is completely different yes. and it's like what the fuck is going yeah, on they now, definitely jumped around a now, lot we mentioned Rob having a work ethic issue I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the 11 issues out here real quick starting with issue we read this in numerical order from 0 to 10 but starting with issue 1 April of 92 2 June of 92 3 October of 92 then we have issue 0 inserted in there in December and then we come to February of 93 for issue four. Issue five comes out in July. Wasn't even drawn by Rob at that point. It was drawn by a fill-in artist, Chap Yip. So Rob hasn't drawn since February of 1993. He wrote the plot. That's it. But that probably he did that in an afternoon. And then in June of 94, a year and a half later, he's back on pencils with issue six. An oversized issue, no less. And by oversized, I mean two extra pages and a dollar more. Then July of 94, and then September... Two issues in September, but one of those is by Jim Valentino. And then December of 94 is issue 10, the final issue before he goes into his extreme sacrifice crossover. A big problem here is with the pacing of these issues, I wrote down what you just mentioned, Chris, between issue zero and issue two, the first three issues, canonically, every single team member. Do you know how many fucking team members there are over this over these three issues? 15. Wrong. Chris? I... Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, I would say eighteen. Twenty-three. <laughs> Twenty-three. This is also including the Berserkers, which we'll get to in a moment. Mm. Which is an issue two. Those are the guys from issue two. In issue zero, we got Colonel Boggs, who's a jobber and has a big fucking crotch. Battlestone, who has the powers of strength and endurance, a high pain tolerance. Riptide, Mistress of Moisture. She just she controls water. Chapel, top CIA, second in command. Die Hard, Strength, Stamina, Flight, Level 10, whatever that means. They say he's a Level 10 meta. Sergeant Reigns, another jobber who gets blown up. And Gamble, who's a non-meta human, and that's all we know about him. He gets killed off pretty quick by Battlestone, punching him in the face for not listening to him. After that, towards the end of that issue, Battlestone gets relieved of his command for accidentally killing someone because he's too rough. And we get a new team in place for Youngblood. The new Youngblood initiative going forward, which is Shaft, Bedrock, slash Badrock, Vogue, Combat, Link. You do not see Link ever again until issue 10, and he looks completely different. So, great there. He just he just vanishes, and then Die Hard and Chapel come on. Then issue one, which we talked, which you talked about with Hassan Hussein, not Saddam Hussein, is a flip book. So, you have the home team and the away team. The home team is the team I just mentioned with Shaft and all them, plus Photon and a guy named Com... Or Photon and, yeah, Combat's there. The home team, which consists of Shaft, Badrock, Chapel, Die Hard, Vogue, Photon, Combat. Photon's an alien that has a firehead. We never really learn anything about him. He's also on the away team, as, long, as well as Riptide, Sentinel, Brahma, a big strong dude. Sentinel's like a guy in armor, but no helmet. Photon again, Sci-Fire, Combat again, and Cougar, who's a cat man. Uh, Sci-Fi also has telekinesis and flight. These are all very generic. A majority of these characters are just, I have in caps here, enhanced strength, stamina, and speed for everyone. That's essentially what all these characters are. And they're just ripoffs of Marvel and DC characters. I was going to get to that in a moment. And then we have the Berserkers, who is Wildmane, Cross, Battleaxe, 
Gray Lore, and Psy Storm. And Jack, and Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby. <laughs> Jack Kirby's Kirby. fucking book. I know. I love that. Because he's even named Kirby, and you could tell right away that this was a dedication to him because the big bad enemy is Darkthorn. Darkthorn. By the way, can we talk about the first appearance of Darkthorn and his legs? Yes. Yes. They're, I, I, they're also dummy things. I know you only want to make this one uh, episode here, one volume, but man, we could really go on and on. <sighs> Well, I thought about doing Rob's career in general, but I don't know. Everyone has fucking thick ass legs, but yes, this between those all those team members I just saw said you're just throwing new people constantly at the fucking wall. We don't know who any of these people are. We're not supposed. How are we supposed to care? In the first issue, in the first zero issue, it's just like all right, this is a strike team. We're going to go for. Up, oh, no, they just switched it up on us. Okay, and in the first issue, you have. The home team of Young Blood didn't even know it was a flip book the first time. Just reading it, all of a sudden the pages were upside down. Thought it was a printing error at first, but I flipped it over and saw the back cover. You barely get to see them, and yeah, there's a fight that breaks out between the Fearsome Four. I believe that's what they're called. But they were called the Four, and there was five of them. Yes, there was five of them, and one of them got shot. Who was their team teleporter? But he also comes back later in the books, just like no big deal. Chapel shoots him in the head, and he shows up in the later issues. And then we go to this flip book where you mentioned that the away team is going after Saddam Hussein because they work for the government. And they blow up his head, which was a cool visual, I guess, for Rob. So, yeah, Sci-Fire blows up the dictator's head. And so here's the thing. Sci-Fire gets introduced. Issue zero, you see Link. They are drawn the exactly same way. Yes. They have the same costume, same style. I thought they were the same person. They decided to change the name. And then we see Link come back as a ninja somehow. Yes, I thought that was Ninjack because there was a Valiant and Image crossover at one point. And I thought that's what mm. the, the extreme sacrifice was. It wasn't. But yeah, I mean, come on. It looks just like Joe Quesada's Ninjack. Rob likes oh, yeah, to, actually, I thought that's who that was. Yeah. Rob likes to create characters. I will say that about him. He has a passion. He could be a great action figure designer, I think. Not so much the sculpting, but just here's here's what I think should be an action figure. Because all these guys look like action figures. You could sell the fuck out of them. Yeah. This is extreme G.I. Joe. But we don't know who they are. They vanish. Never to be seen again. Like we said, Link. He goes away. Chapel. What happens to Chapel? Do you remember him? I That Chapel is like really... Chapel and Bedrock, Badrock are the only people I know because they showed up in Spawn and Savage Dragon. Yes. Um, Chapel becomes a woman. So, what? In the movie. What? Oh, right. Oh, in the movie. Gotcha. Um, Sorry. I, yeah, I know Chapel because he's actually, you know, the guy who killed Al Simmons. Yeah, Spawn. With, uh, he just, with Jason he just Wynn and all that. But yeah. Like halfway yeah. through this, after this first issue where this fight between the four happens and it just cuts away to a splash page of members of Youngblood, we find out two issues later, three issues later, that, oh, yeah, we won that fight and they're all in prison. And nothing becomes of that. But that takes months and months to find out about because issue two goes to a completely unrelated team that we mentioned already, the Berserkers with Jack Kirby. And they're fighting a dark side ripoff. This is all obviously an homage to them, but it's just this picture of Jack Kirby with these weird tubes and fucking muscles and leg straps and these giant microwave guns in each hand chomping a stogie. I mean, that's what he did, but he teams... <sighs> It's it's ridiculous, and I I I know I said this a lot, I read it several times already, but even Darkthorn's planet is like an analogy to Apocalypse. It's, I think it's called Despair, the planet Despair. Yeah, and I don't even know what Darkthorn slash not Darkside's plan is. He just says that the mission won't be stopped, and the prophecy's been foretold. Like they want to get profit, but they don't really explain why. There's a character named Profit. It's another big Liefeld creation who was created in World War II. Like, see, notice how I'm just throwing all this shit at you nonstop. <laughs> That's what this book is. Like, he's just throwing new characters every couple pages at you. And Profit fights the away team of Young Blood until they team up with the Berserkers and they have to take on Dark Thorn and his fucking robots. And then. Maybe several months later, the team that you've been hyped about, or not hyped about, but the team that you've been advertised to with Shaft and Bad Rock and Chapel, they finally show up and fight ninjas. I'm not lying when I'm saying that this is just happening nonstop. I See, it kind of makes sense. What was it? Issue 8? When it actually all kind of comes together. 
No, it gets worse. Well, I I'm think. not saying. Uh, I'm not saying it gets any better. But at one point, all the Kirby stuff, they finally open a teleportation in issue five or six or seven. I don't forget, forget it, which it's, one. Where yeah. they tie the Berserkers in with Youngblood, and they kind of come together. And so, you never see them again. Well, I'm not. What I'm getting at is, you're. It, it doesn't make any sense, but it's almost like if you actually plot, if you actually wrote the books correctly, that you have three different teams clearly but you confuse the reader by having like the first issue is just the one team then you go to the second issue and it turns out there's a whole new team but it's the away team like it's the home team away team and the space team but then by issue nine they all tie together as a for an overall plot which is kind of what he was sort of going for or that's what kind of happened i don't know if that's what's going what's going for but the other issue is is that apparently i guess there was other young blood books yes being written and then so they reference those in this book, and I'm like, what the hell? It's just – it's there very is, confusing. I'm not saying this, it's not, but – In this Dark Thorn story, there is an issue where it says, to be concluded in Brigade Number 4, not even its own book. This book is so late that Rob is finishing it in another book that you're not even reading or it's related to. And guess what? It doesn't finish in that book because I went immediately to there just to see what the story points were, and – there was two volumes of Brigade, neither one. It continued into Youngblood number five, which I mentioned. Let's see. February was the number four came out, and then July. So Rob must have had some creative issues or something at that time. But, of course, he was also filming Blue Jean ads at this point, I think. So maybe that's why his uh, lateness was going on. The Levi's ads or something to that effect. Um, he was very famous. He was on talk shows. So you see that reflected in that yeah. bad rock yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, the, the celebrity thing's solid. Oh, we got off the track, but this book is completely fucking off the track. <laughs> it's off, it's off it, the track. It's seriously like he didn't take his riddle in or, or something like that. It's just like it's – instead of having a cohesive thing, he's just throwing everything at the wall here. You got the home team fighting against the four, the, the, the bad guys they fought in the first issue, which is just generic, muscly, strong guy, the teleporty guy, girl in gold armor, girl with weird Y face for a face, like this metal green Y all over her face, who freed them by wearing a trench coat, like 1950s Looney Tunes style. She just snuck into the Youngblood government facility in a trench coat pretending to be a guard. And then not Wolverine. Not Wolverine. I wrote the same thing in my notes. Which issue are we in here? Uh, this is at the end of issue three, where they're just gratuitous, gratuitously killing ninjas, which, I don't know, I guess it's kind of cool that they're just wasting a bunch of guys, but it's everyone's posed in weird ways. Everyone's very robotic. Rob draws people in a way where everyone has to be in some type of pose. They can't just stand normally. Like in the first issue of Zero, I th or in the at the end of issue Zero, when the team's introduced, everyone's standing at attention with their chests out back to back, like Charlie's Angels minus the gun pose. Everyone's flexing constantly. No one looks like they're having a good time. Everyone's teeth is out. Like I was telling Jonathan, I was trying to write stats and stuff for this, but it was hurting my eyes staring at my screen. Because I was trying to count individual teeth per issue, but I was getting a migraine at that point. I did get some stats here, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, there's just a very convoluted, dark side, Jack Kirby, New Gods homage here that just falls on its face. Because everyone just essentially, the bad guy gets away and then everyone just goes their separate ways. Uh, the Berserkers, the Jack Kirby crew take the character Prophet, who everyone was fighting over for, and were like, oh, we'll, we'll take care of him. See you later. And the final panel is just Bad Rock saying, oh, how are we going to clean this mess up? Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bad Rock. But then that's when the year comes off, or the year and a half that Rob doesn't draw. And we come right back into Not Cable. Not Cable. I wrote that in my notes as well. Issue six. Oh, so uh, this is where I want to start. The one thing, first off, I like the homage to uh, Kaneda's motorcycle from Akira here, but I just don't understand the not cable character. Can somebody explain, like, <sighs> what he is? Well, no, no, no. The fact that Liefeld is so tunnel vision on his art. The first issue, he's got the weird ass half head. I don't know what the hell that is on his head. Oh, he's drawing these weird cybernetic fucking snorkels from the future. Yes, you notice that, that are like, I don't know what they are. Well, I think the first, they're supposed to be communicators. I'm, uh, well, I'm guessing, but I'm not Headsets. sure. So the first time we see him, he has one on the left side of his head. The next issue, or the next page, he's got one on either side of his head. 
either side, either side. The next issue, he's only going to go half side, half side. The fact that he's so inconsistent, inconsistent yeah. with his own art, it's like he literally write, draws a page, sends it off, and forgets what he drew because he's so much inconsistencies. Yeah, that's one of his major other major issues is you'll notice backgrounds are completely different from panel to panel. Like yeah. someone will be behind a wall with a window and then the next issue or the next panel that that window turns into a door or something to that effect. Uh, plants go missing. Uh, layouts. Of buildings I think that's don't make my sense. favorite part of it all. It's just the inconsistency. It's of kind part. of funny. It's just, and it's one. It'd be one thing if you were inconsistent from issue to issue, but the fact you're going literally page to page and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, is uh, rather yeah. amusing. Yeah, it's when we say not cable, it's seriously not fucking cable. And by that, I mean it is cable. It's just in red. He's got the same shoulder he's pads, in, the twinkly eye, the hair. The, he's got the twinkly eye, yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was just like, did Cable come out before or after this? And apparently it was before. The gun. And his name is Lieutenant Colonel Bravo, and I think he's Shaft's dad, and he's part of some holy order of knights. I'm not kidding. This is he, you, we, find, we never find out about him in this run. You find out about him in the crossover, Extreme Sacrifice. Uh, I glazed over that. So... Slightly. Was so, that, was that title so for all of you, sacrifice for the books. Oh, <laughs> what, Chris? For all of you listening, I know this is kind of hard to follow, and we're just kind of throwing stuff at you. But that is exactly how yeah. this book is written. So, yeah. yeah, when I when I said that earlier, just describing the plot nonstop, it's 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 absolutely insane. Oh yeah, characters' outfits constantly change. Like, does anyone know what Vogue does? Um, <laughs> Chris is shaking his head. No, is he the one? He's the I one. Mean, is he the one? See, Jonathan doesn't know. Vogue is the girl with the purple <laughs> hair that was introduced in issue one. So uh, so she's like a, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what she does. She's Black Widow. You would never know that. That's exactly what I was going to say. She was a ballerina who's Russian yeah. and is now a spy. Yeah, I mean, he's, Black he, Widow. Ripped, he ripped off a lot of other characters. I mean, you got, yeah, she's the allegory for Black... I won't even say allegory. I'll just say swipe. You kind of have to anymore with new character creation, but the fact that... When you do Russian so gymnasts... Like, yeah. It's, Every character is kind of a ripoff of another character in some way. Yeah, Aquaman and Atlantis. Yeah. And, you know, there's always ripoffs, but you at least want to change it to the point that it's a little bit different. But the fact is that he literally rips off every X-Men outfit. X-Men, Avengers. Anything. That, Die Hard is Captain America. Let's yeah. just put it out there. He's the same theme. He's red, white, and blue, and he has an energy shield. He has a shield. But, I mean, the fact Shaft that you know, he constantly he loves, he loves Wolverine. He constantly yes. mocks or knocks off his mask Wolverine and his hair. And cable. Yeah. Um, well, no, that one character in the Berserkers is supposed to be, I think, Beast. Well, that, he reminds me of a knock. Uh, he's my favorite character of the whole thing. He reminds he me of do a, anything. Well, he reminds me of a knockoff between Beast and um, Caliban. What about uh, what about Warwolf? Oh, you mean not Sabretooth? Not Sabretooth, but blatantly <laughs> Sabretooth. Yeah. That's the other thing, dude. This- it's what. Legitimately, his costume. Yes. Well, it, the, the thing is, though, it's his old costume that they weren't using at the time. So, but yeah, it's it's. And then, uh, well, here's here's another thing with this issue six because this is this is the comeback after a year and a half. There's characters we have no fucking idea who are just talking to young blood members like it's no big deal. This guy named Dutch, because that's over in Team Young Blood. So you had to have been reading that, which was by a different creative team where Rob would just look at it and go, eh, "It's good, print it." <laughs> he didn't write it. He didn't draw it. But he would use Youngblood characters. So, um, oh yeah. Also, early on in these issues, we had combats from another planet. The the character combat. He's from another planet. He's called a Who cares? Who fucking cares, man? God damn. Him, him, uh, him, and Cougar are apparently both from that planet, right? No, no. Cougar is not from that planet because that's what I thought too. They're just buddies. Um, oh. Early on, we get an interlude of some other guy from his planet hovering earth with some other alien woman who looks like the character photon who they're talking about getting him or getting revenge or something. We never see those characters again, unless they show up in team Youngblood or something like that. I also showed Chris this earlier, the infamous picture of Rob Liefeld drawing captain America called fridge door cap. Cause it looks like someone opening a refrigerator. The first, I believe I found the first take of that. We'll put that up on the Instagram, the run pod. Sentinel. Uh, Die Hard, actually. I, I know how you can get those mixed up, though. Die Hard oh, looks okay. Sentinel, the same exact... Sentinel's black, right? Yes, he's okay. a black guy. Yeah. All right. well, there's so many names, I forget. Yeah, Die Hard is just all generic name too. But yeah, it's, it's, this, it's like the prototype first edition of him going for that pose. Oh yeah, this is where Bad Rock... 
gets attacked by a stalker. Oh yeah, we also have I believe the first time we see Youngblood's liaison, Graves, yelling at Shaft to do his job. We we're supposed to know who this is apparently for some reason. Guess what? He's actually a demon from hell. Oh, that what? I, yeah, by the end of that issue, he turns out he's running some subplot. <laughs> yes, he's saying uh, he, he shows he's scheming, but he's actually a demon from hell that got kicked out of hell, and Chapel took his place. But we'll get to that in a few minutes, I guess. Yeah, it's it's as fucking weird as it's and dumb as it sounds. Remember, the how sad also- part is though that if again, here's just an example of why you need an editor or at least a good editor because you basically let a creator just run wild with his ideas, and it just was complete and total insanity. And again, there's a lot of good plot points that could have been worked. Well, he did have a, an editor. It was Eric Stevenson, but well, it, then an editor, but not really. He needs, yeah, yeah. He, they just they had let, a falling out. Well, they just let him do whatever he wanted. But it's just that there's a lot of good ideas here. It's just somebody needed to be like, let's hone this, de- like let's narrow Ready this to. down. Let's get you in there, and so you can actually produce issues on a regular basis, and let's use some of these plot points and write a very co- coherent book. Because yeah. there's some good plots. There's some good points. It's just. It's all over the place. But here's another thing. Remember how I just named off all those teams in the first three issues? Yes. Well, this is issue six, and we've already just redone the team with a new set of characters. We got Shaft, who's introduced to Night Saber, who is not Gambit. Die Hard 2.0, who is just Die Hard with a different face and some bullshit added onto his shoulders. Same exact powers. And Troll, who is a dwarf that's super strong and he can bounce all over the place. Has but a cool look to him. He's got like Wolverine hair. But he's a cross sunglasses. between Wolverine and Puck. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's exactly, yeah. yeah. There you go. But here's the thing. I don't want to shit on Rob, even though we've, that's all we've been doing. He puts a fucking helmet on him for no reason when they fight Troll. Or when Troll fights, they, he they puts a helmet on. And I think that's just so he doesn't have to fucking draw a face. It's just I can just draw this helmet and move on. Because there's no reason for it. Why would he put that on? They don't mention anything about it. I know it's another nitpicky thing here, but guess what? There's terrorists with guns, giant Liefeld guns, attacking the White House, and this new team takes them out like it's no big deal. And this is all part of Agent Graves' plan. We'll never find out about that plan. <laughs> but he is some type of demon. But yeah, uh, oh yeah, Nightsaber looks like Adam Extreme from X Force. I don't know if you ever saw that, Chris. He was a lame '90s character. Uh, he was supposed no. to be the third Scotts. He was supposed to be the third Summers brother. Oh wait, did he have like the? Uh, he had like the blue thing that went over his head with like a ponytail. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to him. In the okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay, the, the backwards the, the, side. Yeah, uh, I know exactly. Bad, uh, he had the cool ass uh, shoulder blades. Yes. Yeah, Madam Extreme. But yeah, Nightsaber looks like him, but he has a bow staff that absorbs kinetic energy. Or no, he no, can he, absorb. He, he, he yeah. absorbs emotion. I thought it was. Or. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. He right. absorbs like negative emotions or rage. He can absorb aggression. That's it. Yeah. But it's just like Gambit. He just releases <laughs> it into energy. It's they defeat the terrorists, the end. Great. So we got issue 7 here, which is I like this idea. This is going back I guess to the celebrity look where you have Shaft dreaming of all this food and he starts eating it and he becomes super obese and everyone's laughing at him in this dream and his look is going to suffer for this and his celebrity status, but it's, of course, a dream. And then for no reason, we go to Bad Rock skiing in the Rocky Mountains, and Overkill from Spawn shows up to try and kill him, and they get in a fight, but... We don't get to see the end of the fight. You never see the end of that fight, correct, because it's to be continued. I want to... I'm sorry? I want to point this out, too. So Overkill, who appeared in Spawn originally, and even get a little footnote, you can see Overkill... And Spawn, number 23. So 23 issues of Spawn have come out, and we're still on issue 7 of Youngblood. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I think, and, and the worst part about it is, Spawn had some scheduling numbering issues as well for a bit, so that was also delayed. But even delayed at issue 23 is saying something. But yeah, to finish this fight, it says, please pick up Team Youngblood number 11. I didn't actually read that, because at this point I was so fucking upset with this. <laughs> yes. And then it cuts to an epilogue, one page of Chapel who just decided to show back up. Like he went just missing. Rob didn't even write where he went. And he looks beyond fucking ridiculous. This is probably another one we're going to put up on the Instagram where he has no lie. I'm going to say 15 pouches on him. The stupid head snorkel, 17 guns on his back, bullets everywhere, two giant bolt guns, several leg straps, the fucking boots that are wider than his legs. And he's looking for spawn. For some reason, what issue are we in? This is issue seven, or yeah, issue issue seven. Okay, because I want to point. There's something in issue eight I want to point out. 
Well, there's also one last thing in issue seven. We also get to see fucking troll naked showering. Yeah, that's my. That's my. Yeah, yeah. It's that's probably something else we'll put up there, which is just a horrifying fucking image. There's soap over his garbage, but well, like I said, the worst part about it all is that he at least I understand he gives him the smallest genitalia. Like, because the the bubbles are like compared to the size of troll, the bubbles are like the size of like a small bar of soap. So it's like, wow, for as being as whatever you are, he does not give you, do you justice at all. Yeah. Like that's just embarrassing. And like, I don't know why you even needed to draw that. Like, why did you need to put that in there? Why for humor, I guess? Because at this time, people were still saying, "Ha ha, midget! Everything's funny when you're a dwarf." Like it wasn't his PC back then, so uh, Troll was played up for comic relief, I believe. See, but again, to me, like I consider Puck a serious character. This isn't Puck. This is Troll. Uh, what I'm getting at is like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but like Puck is a pretty good character from Alpha Flight and yeah. later X Men. Like, yeah, I mean, diversity it, was X Men's thing. Exactly. So I don't. Youngblood under- is <laughs> ridiculousness. Is Youngblood's thing? Cool. I just don't. It, it whatever. It, it's him. Drawing stuff and then forgetting what he drew the last page. That's fun. Yeah. Issue eight, we get a new fucking team. Two issues later in several months, we got some weird overcompensating diehard pilot drone guys. Like they look like diehard 2.0, but they're even bigger. And then we got not only do we got Troll in a completely new costume, and we got Night Saber. We also got Silence, yes, but P S I Lince and Task. Don't know who these fucking guys are, but sure, why the fuck not? Oh, and guess what? This is another thing I forgot to mention. He loves that fucking Shatterstar helmet thing. Because oh, yeah. yes. Prophet has one, Task has one. It doesn't make sense. There's a couple other characters. They also have like the Gambit head thing, the, the headband, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And at this point, I still have new, no fucking idea what their plan is. They're fighting some robot guy. Who fucking cares? Chris, did you catch any of this? Like, Did this make sense to you at all at this point? Not at all. I felt like I was reading a fourth different book. Exactly. Already. Because we it just, just keeps morphing. Yeah, because the last issue we have Badrock not finishing a fucking fight with Overkill and the introduction of these other new Youngblood characters and a weird dream sequence from Shaft and Chapel going after Spawn for some reason and you go straight to this like we're supposed to know what the fuck is going on. It's absolutely maddening so right after we see the t- that new team on the plane we go to new york and we get some decent shots of spawn talking to a bum and then the poor bum gets his head blown off by chapel which is just wrong he shows up and his right leg has random slashes and he's bleeding he's got you said it's the snorkels so but then the next page he, he he's yelling at spawn and it looks like he freaking like bit a water balloon in his mouth because he has so much water or saliva it's like oh. what is going on there he is drooling <laughs> out of his fucking and then yeah, i think like it venom. happens the next time we see that it him is like issue 10 i think when they continue their conversation and he, he that happens randomly again <laughs> are you putting it looks it, it looks like the ending to some uh, some adult videos I've seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically gargling fucking guys. But that's it. Like he's yelling at Spawn, and then that cuts to that conversation. And then, like I said, I think the next time we see them is in issue ten. Right. Well, this the bad guy's named Maddock, and he's just a giant guy in fucking. He's a fat guy in robot armor that Young Blood's going after, and we don't give a fuck. It's just bad guys and. Young blood fucking him up, and not Sabretooth, as mentioned earlier, just shows up like we're supposed to know him because his the final page is oh, exactly. Where's everyone's favorite war wolf fit into your scenario? And say, who the fuck are you? Care to elaborate? And it says to be continued in Young Blood number 10 because of the crossover. Issue nine happens with Jim Valentino, which we already mentioned. And man, I am getting so fucking tired. You know what? Here's a, here's a positive thing. I haven't said something positive in a while. He draws a good spawn. Yeah, he does. For some reason, his spawn actually looks good. Maybe that's because spawn's a ridiculous-looking character, but I don't know. He can't draw the thing or Mr. Fantastic without it looking weird. So I don't know. The the weird overflowing cape and the football face goes well. But the the crux of this issue, the final issue of Youngblood, is Chapel somehow finds out that Spawn went to hell and came back as who he is because they were buddies while the... Spawn was still a human. So Chapel just wants to know the secrets and it's like, oh, okay, I'll kill myself so I can become a Lord of Hell. I don't know why he would think that. 
because I would imagine people die constantly. So how come that bum he just killed doesn't become a lord of hell? Well, maybe the bell. <laughs> or anyone else for that matter. Like, why does Chapel think out of everyone that dies, oh, they're just going to pick me to become some demon lord? Maybe I think because Al because... Simmons was a uh, military man like Chapel. So he probably, like you said, how he, figured, how he puts two and two together and figures out Spawn's origin story is completely that bonkers. Is, but it makes that's sense. Over in Spawn. Oh, is it? I, okay. I know that because I... Spawn. Okay, Red so Red. it makes sense though that he thinks he could basically become the next spawn because he knows he's a badass and he's going to try and make a deal with the devil and basically be like, look, I'm better than Al Simmons because I killed him. Make me a better spawn. So it makes sense. I just want to point out again, I was actually kind of surprised that they drew the suicide image, which I thought was pretty graphic. That, while it's cool at first glance, it, the perspective on it is completely Oh, well, off. I'm getting to that. Yeah. I'm getting to that. So again... Mr. I draw the most big, the biggest far out guns. He initially is holding the gun normally. And then all of a sudden he's holding it on the side of his head. He fires the pink laser. Yeah. And then it's somehow, first off, the gun is now being held in a position that's not comfortable at all. And then it's, uh, Going, I guess he's holding it in the back oh, of his head, so many not in the front. Instagram he's holding it like show. behind his head, so that he shoots it forward, but it's actually shooting off the side of his head. And we see well, his eyes shooting off too. You see some kind of brain matter, I think. His skulls. It's just this is. It's, it's like I said, it's very graphic, and I'm surprised they did it. But it's just the, like you said, the perspective. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, the. He's shooting himself on the right side of his head, but the left side is everything that's exploding. The right side's fine. Well, no, that that makes sense. So that that, like I said, he's shooting him in the back. It makes sense because the bullet or the laser's traveling through his head, so it would blow out that side of the head. Yes, but it's just like the perspective that all of a sudden now he kind of like knocked off the back. He must have knocked his. Uh, it should be snorkel snorkel thing. I, it's just. It should be flipped. The way from his perspective, it looks like he's taking the gun and putting it behind his head. That's what of, I'm saying. Yeah. 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 It's, it's it's the gift that keeps on giving. So Spawn doesn't stop him from dying and doesn't even use his powers to resurrect him. But Why uh, would he? So he doesn't become a lord of hell? I don't know. But Youngblood kills these fucking losers and defeats this Matic guy that we don't fucking care about at all because we don't know who he is or what his issue is besides being a bad guy. And then Link, who we mentioned earlier, just shows up at the end of this issue and he says, I'm home and... Meets not Cable, who looks even more fucking ridiculous than before. Uh, yeah. his, his chest is the size of a fucking car. Real quick, going back to Chapel, something that I read in there, apparently, I don't ever recall seeing this, but apparently Jason Wynn, the Spawn villain, infected Chapel with a specialized strain of <laughs> HIV. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, gave him, he gave him AIDS. The, which was... Like, what think- the fuck? If you think about it, that was a huge thing at the time. Uh, another character in Image, Shadowhawk, who was also infected with HIV. So that's why he became a superhero, because he figured, I have a death sentence. I'm going to try and do something about it. So I'm going to become a superhero and do some violent good. But if I recall, Shadowhawk had a little bit more class and dignity when dealing with yeah. such, such subject as that. Yeah. Rob just offhandedly mentions, yeah, this bad guy gave me AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> fucking what I like how not Sabretooth is apparently also a werewolf of some sort because he just morphs into a giant hulking Malbolja looking guy with yeah. giant teeth and just apparently he his saliva is blood because he just has blood all over his uh, mouth that he didn't attack anybody I don't know yeah there's just Another crux of this book is that there's just blood just showing up on people for no reason, but he loves blood. The final the final fucking pages of this is the character Silence, who is horribly underdressed for combat, but as usual, that's the thing for the time. Just getting a fucking psychic spike saying, all of you, listen, I just sensed a terrible disturbance. The coming of a great darkness... Uh, I fear a friend has fallen. It shows just Demon Chapel overlooking his dead body and spawn, and that's it. And then a long-ass 
Robservations. Robservations column where Rob thanks everyone and says, hey, we're going to do extreme sacrifice. Everyone, it's great. It's going to be extreme. Thanks to all you people with the television and the video games and the toys coming up and yada, yada, yada. And he announces a Bad Rock series for the low price of one seventy five. Young Blood will return in the fall. But who stays and who goes is a secret for now. Who fucking cares because <laughs> no one has a fucking consistent team in this book. That being said, Jonathan, actually, is there anything else that we fucking missed at this book? Uh, Rob Liefeld proposed to... Yeah, that was... Yeah. yeah, in his book, he proposed. I wonder if she actually was reading it, though, too. Or if she... He went like, so what's your answer to what? You haven't read the newest issue yet? Issue of what? Oh, it's out? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I read it. Yeah, I read it. It's in my pool. What do you think, then? Oh, you know, it's good. Yeah. So, so what? Well, it was good. So that's what something. Oh yeah, something else I noticed years ago was Rob likes to draw someone's left eye closer to the nose than the right eye. If you go look at any of his art, the left eye is always super close to the nose for some reason. I, I, I don't know. It, dep- it doesn't matter on the perspective of the person's head. Um, Chris, did we did we skip anything else? I think we pretty much covered everything. I think in issue one, there is a fantastic just panel of diehard diving dick first at a person. Yes. Uh, a lot of dick punches. Uh, a lot of giant bulges in this book. It's just diehard diving dick first into strong arm. It's, Maybe that's, that's just yeah. he didn't want to draw the next panel because it's like you assume he punched him in the dick. It's over. I'm just going to draw this splash panel page instead of finishing this fight. Rob also likes to draw people diving at the at, at the at the reader. Jonathan caught that Battlestone in issue zero has the same exact dive as Night Saber on the cover to issue eight. So he's even tracing himself <laughs> now. A lot of people like to stand with their legs spread apart as well as their arms spread apart like they're in a fucking earthquake when they're talking to I people as well. I do that all well. the time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> There's a lot of Rob poses that I think we're just gonna. It's gonna turn into just a Rob Liefeld Instagram, isn't it? I think we should like once we get the Instagram up, we should just capture ourselves in Rob poses out in society. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have. I like I, I mentioned. I write some stats down, but it started hurting my eyes. I was gonna have like a pouch count, a teeth count, a bolt gun count, an oof count, an arg count, because his characters like to say oof and arg a lot when they get hit. Purposely hidden feet versus feet. That took forever. The f- zero issue was there was 51 out of a possible 136 feet that were hidden on purpose. <laughs> like, obviously, if the perspective was where there wouldn't be feet, I didn't count it, but where there could have been a foot, but something was obscuring it, that's what it was. Uh, issue one was 130. I think it was like, no, 60 out of, in the, in the reason, 68 out of For those of you who have never read it, the reason for this is because he cannot draw feet yeah. or ankles or yeah. wrists. As we mentioned earlier, the Kessels. And the f- All right, so I got the only thing consistent here was the pouch count. I counted every single pouch multiple times when I read this for each issue. I only counted a pouch if it had a flap or a button on it because sometimes his leg straps that have pouches on them would turn into squares. I didn't count the squares. <laughs> I like that you have uh, standards on this. Yeah, well, you know. Chris, out of the total 11 issues, how many pouches did, on average, I count? Together, oh, uh, I'm I'm gonna lowball with sixty <laughs> out of eleven <laughs> issues. I count every single panel, Chris. Not you character you uh, total, panel. total the issues or average of each issue. No total. Well, this is this is Price is Right rules, right? No, without going over. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go eleven hundred. Eleven hundred? Yeah, Chris. You want to change that sixty? Uh, yeah, let's. <laughs> I'll, I'll advise you to change it. Since let's Rob is the first shit on nine hundred and eighty-six. Chris wins the total. You said nine hundred eighty-six. Yeah. The total I counted after four times over eleven <laughs> issues was eight hundred and one pouches. Oh, okay. I was way high. Not really. Cool. I was only three hundred off. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. Only three hundred. I wrote down. Issue 0, 112. Issue 1, 86 pouches. 2, 70 pouches. 3, 64 pouches. 4, 108 pouches. I'm going to guess issue 9 had the least amount of pouches. 
Yes. Five, who wasn't also drawn by Rob, 24. Six, 58 pouches. Seven, 64. Eight, 82 pouches. Nine, who was done by Jim Valentino, 12. And they didn't show up until the end. They were on Shaft and <laughs> Whenever they were watching the episode. Yes. And then issue 10, 121. Uh, 60, no, 76 of those pouches came from Chapel alone. I believe it. So, guys, I have one more thing here before we uh, get out of here and give us our final review on either if we should read this or not. It's called Liefeld or Not. <laughs> Rob has created a lot of characters with ridiculous names over the years. I made some ridiculous names up, too. Your, go- your goal is for you guys to see if they're real or not, true or false, real or fake. That's all you guys got to do. All right. First one up. Stricken. Real or fake? Fake. Fake. <laughs> GW Bridge. Liefeld. Uh, real. Correct. Blood Wolf. Liefeld. Chris. Uh, fake. <laughs> Blood Wolf is real. He was a Lobo ripoff. Deadpool. Liefeld. Oh, yeah. I, that definitely doesn't uh, exist. Deadlock. Liefeld. Uh, wait, hang on a second. <laughs> I think you did not explain this correctly. Is this Liefeld or not Liefeld? It, yeah, it's real or fake with Liefeld. Oh, you were thinking other creators. Yeah, because Jonathan's saying Liefeld, like if it was created by someone else or Sorry. created by him. It's, it's real or fake. Well, I'm saying Liefeld. Yeah, he, he's saying it's it's a, he's fake. saying Liefeld as in he made it. Okay. okay, I thought it was was it's it created by Rob. Let's just say let's say real or fake. No, why don't we say Liefeld or fault or fake? Because okay. if it's it's created by him or not, yeah, it's either created by because you didn't create you didn't put other characters on there that were not created by him. You just create correct names that were I made you up made names. up. Deadline. Okay, Liefeld. Liefeld. Correct. That was not Wolverine earlier. Bloodpool. It's a team. Liefeld. Correct. It is Liefeld creation. That is the Junior Youngblood division. Oh, jeez. Psy Kill. Liefeld. Not Liefeld. Correct, Chris. Not Liefeld. Death Lens. Fake. Not Liefeld. Correct. Crusher. Liefeld. What was that, Chris? Liefeld? Yes. Uh, yeah. He's breaking up a little bit, but he said yes. Correct. Vain Lord. Fake. Fake. Correct. <laughs> this is actually getting hard. Lord Templar. Liefeld. Fake. Uh, incorrect, Chris. It is Liefeld creation. Dragonus. Liefeld. I'm going to go with fake on that, too. That is a Liefeld creation. God damn it. Dragon Lord. Fake. Fake. Correct. Rain. R-E-I-G-N. Liefeld. Liefeld. Correct. Pilot. Liefeld. Fake. It is a Liefeld creation. Dash. What? That's so lame. Fake. Incorrect. That is a Liefeld character. God damn. Charade. Liefeld. Liefeld. Correct. Kodiak. Fake. Liefeld. It is Liefeld creation. (laughs) Bootleg. Fake. Fake. Incorrect. It is a Liefeld Uh. creation. (laughs) No, I meant that's just what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Bird with a Y. Liefeld. Liefeld. Correct. Exit. Like E-G-G. E-X-I-T, like I have to exit Leifeld. this podcast. Liefeld. It is a Liefeld creation. Uh, Dawn, D-A-W-N. Fake. Fake. Correct. Dusk. Liefeld. Fake. Fake. Correct. It is a Liefeld creation. Major X. Liefeld. Liefeld. Correct. He just made it. I can't wait to be disappointed. Uh, <laughs> the Pouch. Fake. That's got to be fake. No, nope, it is real. 
<laughs> Rob is very aware <laughs> of his misgivings. <laughs> it is in a it, uh, the relaunch blood strike. A few oh ago. boy, <laughs> we're almost done, guys. The dark, fake, fake, correct. General Death March. Blindfold. Fake. Correct. Fake. Kid Supreme. Blindfold. Blindfold. Correct. The New Men. Blindfold. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll say Blindfold. Correct. Cold Snap. Blindfold. Blindfold. Correct. Centurion. Blindfold. The not Liefeld. Correct. Final one. Wait, which Centurion was fake. Oh, okay. Final one. Lethal. Liefeld. Liefeld. Correct. Jonathan, you have a score of twenty-four. Yeah. Chris, you, my friend, my dear brother, yes, have a score of twenty. Ah, three. <laughs> oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> by one. Yeah. By one. That's you guys did pretty good. You saw through most of. Uh, it's actually pretty ones. hard to see through fake ones. <laughs> yeah, but you guys did a pretty good job of determining who was what. Yeah, especially, well, Jonathan started slipping up when I started like that. I, I was thinking. I was honestly thinking of just doing every single one as a Rob Liefeld character and seeing which one you guys would think is fake and be like, no, they're all real. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, that was actually a pretty fun game. I like that. Let's see if we can go for like stuff like that. Okay, I'm not going to give this a number because obviously it's not good. But do you guys, would you recommend someone reading Youngblood? Not a casual guy. Someone in the comic books just at all? Yeah. Yes. I do too. I think it's worth reading just because to look at the, look and see where a lot of comic tropes started. Like He created yes. a big, very big movement with a lot of this stuff. Yes, he did. And it wasn't cohesive and it didn't make sense and it wasn't the greatest looking, but I mean, there's a reason he's still a freaking millionaire to this day. He just did an alternate or a variant cover for Superman. I was looking at and like, I feel like his art and sometimes his, his art has evolved a little bit. So it's better sometimes. The Superman cover I was looking at the other day was actually not bad. The Superman and Justice League covers didn't look that bad, but it's still. He's still, it's, you can look at something and you're like, oh, it's, Rob Liefeld. I mean, like you, you should be able to do that with artists, but it's very, where a lot of artists evolve their art style, Yeah, his, his evolving is, oh, I can draw wrists now right? or I draw ankles better, you know? Right. It's just with most artists over their career, they get better at what they do, but he, I don't know why he just was too stubborn maybe it was just because he had too much money and he didn't give a shit he was gonna get paid regardless but all the art all the artists that i liked over time they always got better it's it's an anomaly like i said he's he's a nice person he can create the fuck out of a character even if it's a little overkill on the the pouches and the guns and the tubes and shit but if i had to market an action figure line or a cartoon i would i would definitely call up rob and just give me some sketches sure we might have to edit them down a little bit because there's no need to have literally hundreds of pouches all over my guys, but he has a very weird eye for the extreme. Yes. The extreme Chris final thoughts. So Chris is con So Chris's connection farted out on us or maybe my connection farted out on Chris. I'm going to get his final thought. I'm sure it's just going to be a couple minutes, but we all do recommend this for better or for worse it's just it's a real interesting relic slash artifact of what 90s comics were and what people actually wanted because this book kept selling no matter what no matter how late it was no matter how bad the quality was people kept eating it up at this point i want to hype up the instagram that we have the run pod we'll probably be posting a lot of lifefeld pictures over there over the next few weeks just to show how ridiculous these pictures are of course um also, if you have a question, send it into the runpod at gmail.com. How many questions do we have that we're not going to be able to get to? You just want to do a real quick one before our next? Yeah, yeah, we can. So it, was, it was about the nightfall. The, the person essentially asked us, with the death of Superman and the reign of Superman cartoons that came out, the movie formatted cartoons yeah. the last couple of months, would you like to see a version of that nightfall? And 
pretty cut and dry. Uh, yeah, is as well as you can trim the fat. Get rid of the syrup. Yeah, I, yeah. if they could, uh, yeah, like you said, trim the fat, actually make it. Because, like, in honesty. You I can make it a little bit more violent. Yeah, I think the death and reign of Superman was actually more coherent story and better than the unfortunately the nightfall yeah having read both of them yeah i mean if you you could you could dumb it down pretty good just have bane come out of santa prisca get rid of some of his henchmen get rid of some of the bat villains in the gauntlet just make those fights a little bit more aggressive with batman john paul take over john paul yeah. kill a guy yeah it'd be cool i like this i like the animation for the death of superman and the reign of superman that was better than most dc animated films but yeah why not fuck it go yeah. ham on that um so now we're going to mention the next volume, what we're going to do. Jonathan. The Age of Apocalypse. Age <laughs> of Apocalypse. Yeah. That's all right. I'll get you to sing the theme song, I think. Oh, boy. Um, yes, we're going to do AOA, not the HOA, my friend. That's bad. AOA, Age of Apocalypse. We are going to cover the 1994 mega event that is lauded as one of the greatest alternate timelines slash X-Men stories of all time. Not going to lie. I can't remember anything from it except for the end of the Wolverine book, what happens with his hand. I don't know anything else. I put a gun to my head. I wouldn't fucking know. So this will be this will be fun, I guess. Now I'm looking <laughs> It'll for be fun. And for those of you listening, we're going to do the, like you said, the main storyline. And then also, because there's not as much there, but we're also going to do with the impact that it had later on. Because there's other Age yes. of Apocalypse stories, and then it did impact the main Marvel books. Yeah, along the, the lines. The episodes are probably going to be a little bit shorter due to the fact that how we're scheduling it. But yeah, we're going to do the 10th anniversary stuff that was written by C.B. Cebulski slash Yoshida something or other, as well as the Uncanny X-Force stuff as well. Yeah, and then I think there's also a couple what-ifs we can cover yeah. and then uh, maybe touch upon after the Uncanny X-Force stuff. We might not have to cover it, but uh, at least just... It's going to be extended went. stuff. It's not just yes. going to be the '94 shit. Yeah, so. it's just basically an impact, like because it, like a lot of X Men stories, it's just going to be where the the story and then how it impacted the rest of the books right. in the future or in along the lines, basically. Right. So, I'll be excited to look at that. It's been a very long time, especially since I can't remember any of it. I'm excited because it's actually the first time we start seeing Joe Madorio's art. Yeah, that's true. And Cubers are in that too, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, and Cubers to. Comment on a issue we had with the Wolverine nose. I was well aware that Adam, I think it's Adam Kubert. He's the one I like more than I like them both, yeah. but I like Adam more. He drew Wolverine's nose in a hundred, and then right after that, Midoriya erased it. So it wasn't that I goofed up my artists. I just oh. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So until next time. Until next time. All right, we're back. Chris kind of crapped down on the end there with his connection, but we just wanted to get his final thoughts. On Young Blood, Chris, is there anything else you wanted to really say about Liefeld's magnum opus? So, Young Blood, it's it's just like it can't be rated. Like if you try to rate it in forms of just like entertainment and the way it's written, it's a big stink in zero. At the same time, it's just like a bunch of good ideas thrown at a dartboard. It has had so much potential to be awesome, uh, and it's also just a really good guide for how not to make a comic. Yes. And it was so iconic at the time. And to think that like walking dead saga chew, it all started with young blood and that's just ridiculous. And all credit to Rob Liefeld. I mean, he created cable and Deadpool, you know, fan favorites to this day, but he also created this young blood and props that up like props to Liefeld because he seems like this really good dude he seems like a super lovable goober who's just excited about everything and you know he was a young kid at the time thrust into the limelight you know he was the one at image doing all the interviews and all the press and everything and he didn't i'm sure he didn't have time to really go over this stuff and just being so young i like mad props to him <laughs> like he's still a really good person he just deserves all the fame and notoriety that he gets for being awesome and awful. So I love Rob Liefeld. Youngblood sucks, but at the same time, I love it. Yeah, just, man, I really wish his work ethic, he, he did some of the, I mean, he could say my work ethic is really good, but those releases, those months upon months, sometimes even a year at that one point, it's just, ugh. and he has something there and his art has gotten better for what it is over time. However, it really makes me think if he went 
instead of just being self-taught, if you actually went to an art school and just honed it, how much better his art would be. But it, his style works for him, so he's he's a better artist than I am. I actually oh, started yes. learning Head and shoulders. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I said, you know what? We're, we're ragging on him, but I'm going to fucking take the Pepsi challenge and start learning to draw myself. <laughs> so we'll see where that takes us. I'm, I'm busy just drawing lines and circles right now over and over and over again with my shoulder, no less. Uh, they also, I, I didn't Let's mention see. it. I didn't mention it in the uh, episode, but there's actually a collection of the first Youngblood series, but it's only the first five issues, and it was resequenced to a degree and rewritten in some areas to make it make more sense by Joe Casey. Oh. Yeah, but it's it's That's... still kind of hard to find, but it's only the first five issues. Hmm. The first issue started off awesome. It was government task force, superheroes, black ops stuff, and then it just fucking went crazy off the rails. Yeah, Here's this weird dark side parody, and Here's some time travel bullshit, and there's Jack Kirby. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Ripped ass Jack Kirby. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I really think that's going to do it. Uh, you said before you cut off that you do recommend reading this. Just is a yeah. If if you're a fan of comic books, I think everyone needs to at least read through Youngblood once. You know, just for the history aspect, and just for like just to see the ridiculousness of it all, and the fact that. It's what spawned Image Comics, and where Image is today and seeing where it began is just night and day differences. Absolutely. Uh, you excited for Age of Apocalypse? Oh, yes. I'm very excited for Age of Apocalypse. I've been watching uh, the Legion TV show. I, I know of Age of Apocalypse, but I've never actually read it myself, so this is going to be real exciting to read. Oh, cool. um, I'll be reading mine on the Marvel Unlimited application, so As it looks well. like everything is on that. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. I I only remember the fourth issue of Weapon X, and that's about it. I I don't remember anything else. So Jonathan will probably be uh, riding the ship for us just to make sure everything's straight. But all right, that'll do it. And the next episode's going to start the Age of Apocalypse. Chris, until next time. Until next time to be continued. Wow, you stuck with the show to the end. This show is produced and edited by me, as well as those oh-so-lovely vocals were by me. Also, a special thank you to Kimberly Lee for the show art. You can see more of her work at KimberlyLeeArt.Weebly.com. If you truly enjoyed this, please share it and tell a friend and vote us five stars on whatever podcast platform you use, as that would help us out tremendously. Thank you so much for listening.